Thank you to uh, all the rebellion for being so warm and welcoming and uh, so nice to see so many Talmudim. Uh, whenever I'm, I'm at Nitivari, I always like to talk about something related to the Kotel because uh, there's always this overwhelming emotion. I don't know if you still feel it when you see it every day, but there's always this overwhelming emotion that when you come to the Kotel and you see the, uh, the kind of Kedusha that, uh, that you're exposed to, not to mention the kind of Kedusha you're exposed to by having the God of Adar learning your base measures every day. So another Shmuz maybe for, for a different time. But uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things I always like to talk about is uh, issues relating to the Kotel. So I thought maybe we'd talk today about sticking fingers in the Kotel, whether you're allowed to... I once spoke about putting notes in the Kotel, and uh, whether that accomplishes anything. Or Nevin Sal in, uh, in, in the Sefer on Bein HaMetzarim uh, says that he's pretty sure HaKadosh Baruch Hu hears tefillos even if you don't write them down. And Hashem probably remembers them also, even if you don't write it down. He doesn't need the notes, but uh, you're allowed to stick your fingers in the Kotel, lean on the Kotel, these different, uh, different things. So in order to understand and what the halach is, you have to have a little bit of background in terms of what the, what the issues are. First, the first issue is, what wall is it? What, what is this the wall of that we're, that we're talking about? There were many poskim, the Tshuva Sarev Devaz and Simon Yilches, and uh, the Chach Masad, and Sharmish Pteyaris, Parakiralv, that held that the Kotel was actually the, the Kotel HaAzara, and not a Kotel HaHarabayis. Now that would be a tremendous Chumrah, because the halach is very different in terms of what is allowed to go into the Harabayis versus what is allowed to go into the Azara. Obviously, we know that the Matthias is not that way. The, the uh, archaeology tells us, and in addition to many poskim, the Avni Nezim, Simon Tafnun, Tafnun Aleph, Sefer Eretzisol, Rabbi Yechim Lechotukachinsky, and Simon Chavbez, many, many other poskim all point out that obviously it is a Kotel of the Harabayis, it is not a Kotel of the Azara. So that's Aleph. That's the most important thing that to first realize what, what it is. Now, once we know what it is, that it's a Kotel of Harabayis, we now need to discover. Uh, need to figure out who is allowed to go in Harabayis, who is not allowed to go in Harabayis. The halach is that a tame mace is not allowed into the Azara, but a tame mace is allowed to go into the Harabayis. Now, we are all tame mesim, and there's no way out of it. I mean, the only way out of it is with Efer Paraduma. We don't yet have that, and therefore we, there's nothing we can do to solve that problem. We also have an additional tuma, though, that Chazal Burgoza, that every Amaaretz has a tuma of Zav. A zav is allowed is 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 not permitted to even go on uh, on harabais. The tamei mace is allowed to go on harabais, but it's not into the azara. A zav is not even allowed to go on harabais. The way to get around that, perhaps machlok saposkim, that maybe if you go to the mikvah, that would solve uh, that issue. Some of the poskim say, no, you go to the mikvah, you may not be tamei anymore, but you're still namaritz. And namaritz is not allowed to go into namaritz as tamazav, so namaritz shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed to go. But anyway, that's the the zav is a little bit of a um, of an issue in terms of uh, Harabayis. And again, that's a much bigger topic, whether we're allowed to go on Harabayis Pizmanazeh. Then you have the, the issue of, okay, but I'm not going past the Kotel. All I want to do is stick my fingers in the Kotel. So uh, the question is, is that, uh, is the wall itself Kadosh? Or do we say, no, only what's behind the wall is Kadosh. How far does the Kadosh extend? And when I say how far does it extend, that means two things. How far does it extend out, and how far does it extend down? Do we say that the Ritzbas Hazara, the floor of the Azara, had the Kadosh, and anything above that has the Kadosh, or it even goes all the way down? And when we, when, when we say that there's a Kotel that divides from the Kadosh Sarabais to not Kadosh Sarabais, does it go all the way through the thickness of the wall, where when I'm sticking my hands in, I'm actually encroaching on the Kedusha of the, uh, of the Harabais. Then the fifth issue, and that's a, these are all Machlokasim 
in the uh, in the Rishon. The, the 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 other issue that we have to deal with is is that called going in? I'm just putting my fingers in. Is Bia B'Mitzas partially entering into an area of Kedusha? Is that a violation? So we know that it's true when it comes to uh, the Azara, the Rambam in the third parak of Bias Mikdash, Halach Yudchaz says that if a Tameh sticks his hand into the Azara, so he's Maknos or Makus Mardus, that we, uh, he violated Nisid Rabbanon. The Ravid says, no, it's Nisid Raisa, it's not a Nisid Rabbanon, to partially go into the Azara. So then the question is, does the same apply for someone who's Tameh with Tumaziva to go partially into the Harabais. Do we assume that, that just like Biyab Mikzas into the Azara is an Isser, Daurais or Drabanan, that the same would, true, would be true with Biyab Mikzas into the Harabais? So that, those are the issues that we need to, that, we, that, that, that go into answering this question. And then, of course, there's the, the overall big issue is the Shechin is still there. And we do, there is a very uh, much celebrated Medrash, the Lozaza Shechina, that the Shechina never left the Kosal Ravi, but there's a tshuva in the Binyan Tzion, Simon Gimel, where he asks the Kashi, he says, so why do we say in Shemar Nesra, if they have Machzir Tzion, if it's still there, what are we davening for? What do you mean, Machzir Shechinah Tzion? It's right there. So the Binyan Tzion deals with this in the tshuva, he also deals with it in Aruch Lener, and Yavamas, and Davav, and Beis, and uh, essentially he says slightly different things in two different places, but essentially he says that there's different levels of Shechina, that Machzir Shechinah Tzion, we're davening for the, the, the highest level of Gilu Shechina that we could have in this uh, location, but just because the Shekhinah in its most intense form isn't there, it doesn't mean that there's nothing there anymore. And Israel is from uh, Har Sinai. What happened at Har Sinai? After we weren't allowed to go, no animals, no people were allowed to go up on, the, uh, on, the, on Har Sinai while the Shekhinah was there, while Kodesh Baruch was giving us the Torah. And then Kodesh Baruch had to make a special heter after the Kabbalah story was over. They blew a shofar, and now you're allowed to go back up on, uh, on the mountain again. Well, why do you have to do that? Kodesh Baruch left. So now let the... Uh, the Shechin is not there anymore, so shouldn't it automatically be mutter? So it says, no, you see that it's not automatically, uh, it doesn't, the Kedusha doesn't all leave. Partially it leaves, but some remnant of the Kedusha still remains. So what do the Postcom say about this? Is one allowed to stick his hands in the Kotel or not? So the Maral Diskin, the Aderes, all quoted in Moadim Uzmanim, Rav Shormach's Moadim Uzmanim, Chelkei, Simen Shinnun, all hold that it's us to stick their hands, your hands in the Kotel, and they're assuming all of these things. They're assuming that it's that Bia Bimiktas is a problem. They're assuming that uh, that that uh, that that it's uh, it's a violation of uh, of going into the the Harabayis as a zav, and uh, and and therefore they're machmir not stick your hands in the kotel. In Orchus Rabbein it says that the stipler and the chazanish were also careful about this, uh, but the stipler held if you go to the mikveh that day that that would suffice. I saw Reb Nevinsal in Os Shin Yeral in Yerushalayim in the uh, the Bein Amitzarim one. He recommends being machmir, but he then quotes that Rosh Hashanah Arbach said that he never remembered pe- people being machmir about this. Rosh Hashanah said that, uh, that 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 people were always making to stick their hands in the in the kotel, and uh, they they even have uh, the in in Shari Tzion, the rub of the kotel, Rav Rabinovich quotes that there's a Masorah that the Orachayim HaKadosh once sent someone with a note to put in the Kotel. So obviously the Orachayim HaKadosh must have held that it was, uh, that it was permissible to stick your hands in the Kotel. So why, why would we be Mekel? So there are a lot of reasons to be Mekel. 
first of all, maybe the holes in the wall have the status of mechilos and uh, alios that are not neskadesh. Not every area, not every last inch of the harabayas is neskadesh. Second of all, if the wall was built, just thinking logically, if it was built to divide between that which is kadosh and that which is not kadosh, so it's very logical to assume that, let's say, when David HaMelech was building this wall, he would not want the people who are on the non-kadosh side to accidentally encroach on the kadusha. The whole point was to divide, to keep them out, so it's, it's not logical that he would build a wall which, and be Makadish, the entire thickness of the wall, where anyone who touches it is automatically uh, in violation of that Kedusha. Plus, there's a halacha in general in, uh, in Chosh Mishpat. If, let's say, you have uh, the, uh, the very beginning of the Satsbah Basra, the Mishnah discusses, if you have a wall between two, uh, two neighbors and the wall falls down, so what do you do with all the stones and all the bricks? Who do they belong to? So the, the, the Mishnah says it belongs half and half. The, uh, the, the, the two sides get, get, get to split it half and half. Why? Because the assumption is that when you build a wall on a border, you build it 50-50, you build it down the middle. You don't build it on the edge of one border. You don't uh, build the entire wall within, within one guy's property. When you're building a fence that has thickness to it, a wall that has thickness, you'd want it right down the middle. So that's what uh, a number of the posts can suggest maybe is, uh, is a reason to be, uh, to be made of that probably if it was, it's a wall built to divide from Kadosh to not Kadosh, it was probably built down, down the middle. In the era Kodesh Ramikdash uh, also is Mekil, but he thinks that it's Kedai to go to the mikvah if you want to if you want to touch the wall if you want to put your fingers in the wall. This is separate from the issue of getting Hana from the wall. The the, the issue of getting Hana uh, is is another serious issue. Rav Nevensal is uh, very strict about that a person should not lean against the kotel. Uh, that it may be a shail of Mi'ila. There's a gemara novel desarim and beis and beis that maybe that bo pritzim v'chalaluha. That maybe uh, they were mechalalit already when they went and they. Uh, it took away its status of Kedusha, but it's at least a shaila of, uh, of Mi'ila that a person shouldn't get Hana. In uh, Rav Rabinovich's Chuvah, he says something unbelievable. I never knew that. Maybe, maybe you guys know about this, but he said that, that uh, they found that there were people that were going and chiseling off pieces of the Kotel and bringing them into their houses, and they, they, they made it like a big from thing, that they would, uh, they would put a big sign in their house, you know, they would not chisel, they would steal, and they, they don't, you know, they're not making those anymore, you know, it's like, you can't, take off from the pieces from, from the Kotel, so Rabbi Navaj obviously tries to count how many Isurim uh, one violates when, uh, when, when doing something like that, so he says, it's certainly a violation of mi'ila. We assume uh, that when you take something into your own rishos, from Moshe writes in the tshuva, that if you take something into your own rishos, even if you're not actually nehenef from it, it's still, uh, it's still a violation of mi'ila by you just bringing it into your rishos. If you get hanah and don't bring it into your rishos, it's also a violation of mi'ila. One, one or the other is a violation of mi'ila. It's also a violation of losasim ke'en la'ashem al'kechem. That you're not allowed to, uh, we're, we have a mitzvah, we go into Eretz Yisrael, we find Avodah Zarah, we have to destroy it, we have to destroy the Batei Avodah Zarah, but Losasim Ken Hashem Elkechem, we're not allowed to do that to Hashem. Uh, a bias that belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're not allowed to destroy. So we're not allowed to destroy uh, the walls of the, uh, of the Hechel Mizbeach, the Azaros, and, and uh, the dirt and the stones that the Gemara talks about in Megillah and Davchavtes, where it talks about how Yechania took to build the Beis HaKnesos and Chutzlaretz. That's talking about after it's already destroyed, but if it's still standing to take off a piece is, uh, is really unthinkable. It's, it's, it's crazy what, what, what they have to deal with here, I guess. But, um, all right, that's a little bit about the Kedusha of, of the Kotel. There's obviously a lot more to talk about in terms of the Kedusha of the Kotel, but we try to keep it somewhere close to 10 minutes. Okay. Thank you very much for your patience.